So I guess let's get started. Okay. Wonderful. So let me just introduce myself for the recording. Hi, I'm Nicholas. I am a PhD student at City University of New York. We're going to be talking about art as cognition today, which is going to be super exciting. Excellent. So yeah, do you want to take it away or shall I? Do you have any starting thoughts to get us rolling? Um, Art as cognition. What does that mean to you? Like first kind of impressions? Well, um, my first impression... I have multiple oppressions, uh, oppressions and impressions. So, um, <laughs> artist cognition, I would say, reminds me of a couple of things. Um, your immediate impulse in response to a blank page, without thinking. Um, your first gesture. If you're performing Mm -hmm. in the space, in real-time space. And cognition implies physical movement, generally. It doesn't necessarily imply thought, virtual virtual, um, movement. Although now we're in this situation where we're constantly being virtual... But in reality, all we're doing is touching our screens. Yeah. So we're making forward, we're making upward and, you know, downward motions and side to side. Right. So that's what we're doing perpetually (laughs) uh, and repetitively all the time now. Yeah. All in this idea of virtual cognition. And in, and aesthetically mm-hmm. speaking, yeah. Um, you could say that has a multitude of possibilities because it's on a page. Mm-hmm. You're making movement, um, and there's a debate about that, right? Because you're really responding to ones and zeros. Yeah. <laughs> It's it it's implied so it's implied that you are doing it out of free will but you're not so you know I know there's a debate about free will mm-hmm. in general it's been for a long time yeah <laughs> so what is cognition if there's belief that we don't do things out of free will. So when you see a blank page and you're intimidated by it, Mm -hmm. I think in a sense, you're already set up to make a gesture. Cool. That's predictable. Yeah. So what is cognition? Aesthetic cognition? Aesthetic cognition almost implies a design of inherited gestures, inherited movements that were already instructed. Cool. But you, it also implies that you are aware of that and that you may have reconstructed this cognition mm. like today you're wearing white 
you're painted your fingernails white. Poorly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that you had some aesthetic aim. Mm -hmm. So, and then you also had an abjected response when you say... <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> Poorly. So, um... Yeah. Wow, that's so much. That was so much great stuff. I'm so excited. I wish we had more time because I feel like a lot was kind of. Are there a time up? there? No. Oh no. no don't worry. We're so gonna we, get. It. So I want to dig into that good speak, stuff. Then. No, no, no. I want to hear more, and I think it'd be interesting to kind of poke at some bits in what you said that I really want to hear. Kind of more of what you were thinking, right? So I want to like start with what you were saying about how you think of cognition, right? So like the kind of standard most most boring kind of philosophical definition of cognition would be like brain activity right brain activity yeah right? sure. so kind of movement of just the, the neurons firing and of course that's extremely unexciting because most of us when we think about the way we live our lives we're not thinking of neurons firing we're thinking of the kind of human activities that result from that and i really like that instead of saying as i think a lot of philosophers may do that for you cognition just includes the brain stuff right like you said like you know it's just conscious thought one might say but for you from the beginning you were thinking of cognition as part of the body right that's all cognition too i i, I like the way you said you know not bodily actions the kind of impulse right i love how you said when you, you when you're staring at the the blank screen that's like there's a, there's a gut reaction right of possibilities open to you and that's that's a cognitive kind of experience right that spark that impulse but it doesn't have to be conscious it doesn't have to be like kind of like something that you could write down today i was thinking x y and z right it can be this very gut feeling and so yeah i kind of want to ask more about that and how you think that might relate to art right because one might think that when we say that art art is cognition when we're thinking of art as cognition we might be thinking of just as art as the product of conscious thought right art art as the thing that you do when you make a conscious decision like you were saying to you know i'm going to smear this kind of uh, dash of red across the painting i'm going to write these words in the next sentence in this chapter i'm writing when we think of cognition very narrowly as just conscious thought that's all we can kind of think of but it sounds like you have this idea, which I think is really cool and right, that art as cognition also applies to all of those kind of embodied kind of artistic movements, all, all those kind of, you know, unconscious or um, immediate and gut kind of participations in making art or something. So, yeah, I, I would wonder if you would want to say any more about that. I could. <laughs> I you don't have to. We're in a situation, though. And we have been for some time. I would say there's pendulums. Interesting. About cognition. Because what you're describing as cognition is very expressive cognition, objective, yeah. um, subjective. And the flip side to that are the aesthetics of thought, of conceptual work, 
that tries to become objective, this image of objective and structure and observation and overview of cognition as a defense or as a gesture in itself in the face of something that controls aesthetic cognition. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no, sorry, go on. So, oh, yeah. that's, so I think sometimes we romanticize aesthetic cognition, but there's a right to aesthetic cognition, but it's also a privilege and sometimes it's an abused privilege. Mm, interesting. <laughs> abused, uh, who, who, if you were to name some, like, you know. A person? Uh, not necessarily a person by name, but what kind of person is well, someone who would abuse? A, well, we're abusing the planet, humans. This is true. We don't talk about insects in aesthetic cognition. We don't mm. talk about frogs in aesthetic cognition. Their aesthetic cognition? Yeah. Yeah. We don't talk about the aesthetic cognition of weather. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> We're talking oh. about it on the basis of human behavior. Yeah. So what about cougars and snakes and elephants and monkeys? Actually, there are artists who have worked with animals yeah. to reveal their aesthetic cognition, but... You know, that's based on the materiality of aesthetic cognition. Mm. You know, how do we trace aesthetic yeah, cognition? Exactly. So, uh, we monetize aesthetic cognition. Where is the freedom of aesthetic cognition? Yeah. So, and what does that mean? So, for, what does it mean for it to be free in the free. first place? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I've been challenged recently by another artist who speaks to nature or defends nature and said, you need to ask the um, life web what it wants from you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no, so it's very cool. That's aesthetic cognition in a sense, because you have to be conscious of something that's invisible that is being abused all the time. So it's a different blank page. It's a very intimidating, right? It's like being in front of an ocean and, yeah. and on the ocean side, of course, and having these waves pull you into the sea and you could completely lose your, your sense of gravity. So um, is that aesthetic cognition? Yeah. Being willing to let go. You can swim, save your life, you know. But so what is aesthetic cognition, you know? Yeah. Um, That's really interesting. I'm really glad, yeah, you've brought us to this really interesting question. I mean, <laughs> because this example, right, this kind of example of not just, I, I think it simplifies it to say kind of the aesthetic cognition of animals, but just the, the, the kind of you're poking out within both these, this term art and this term cognition, we have this kind of inherently human focus, right? This inherently human bias. And that's not accidental. That's the history of philosophy has been the history of people insisting that human beings have this particular kind 
of power, right? The power of reason, the power of thought, the power of imagination. You know, fill in whatever blank you want. And nonetheless, all the while for thousands of years and now people have been kind of at the margin saying, well, hang on, you know, you're, 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 you're like, you have this flashlight and you're really focusing the beam and you're totally ignoring this massive other, you know, world around us and all of its different kind of patterns of not just behavior, but of thought and of feeling. Right. And so what I think we, we're getting at now to kind of put a pin on what I just said is that we often don't think about the way non-human entities have feeling, can feel, right? And for me, that's what aesthetic cognition is getting at. It's getting at this remarkable, remarkable capacity we have to not only like kind of think like a computer would think, but to feel, to kind of experience this like richness to the things that we're thinking about experiencing doing. And so when we limit aesthetic cognition as though it's only human capacity, we limit the idea that these non-human entities can feel, can have like these rich kind of um, emotion is kind of a, maybe even too strict a word, but these kind of richly felt experiences, right? Like, I mean, we, we you know, those of us who have pets, like I have a dog and, you know, I, I've, I've watched my dog. I know that she has kind of feelings, fear, um, hunger, like joy, and one might start to wonder why we don't kind of give those feelings their kind of due credit and start to like really want to f figure out what it means to say that the rest of the world is feeling in the same, if not the same way, fine, but is feeling as we're feeling too, right? Well, so I, I don't know enough about this, but <laughs> it's out of my league, but um, I've read that's, that's the difference between humans and animals, that we have these capacities, right? Yeah. That it's different from animals. Animals can be pretty severe and make decisions that we can't. Yes, We're, we, it's true. Because we have feelings. And, but we can also be un, unsympathetic and unempathetic also. Yeah. As animals are. But that is seen as inhuman and insensitive. That's seen as a derogatory, unethical yeah, behavior. Definitely. So I think we often imbue aesthetic cognition as something righteous and white, whiteness, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. This yeah. idea of whiteness, yeah. right? So, but, um, but that's an illusion. Mm. Again, it's another box. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's creepy, right? Time to open the box. Yeah, see what else is box. out there. But I think em em empathy, you're describing empathy. Yeah. That's what I it think sounds I am. like. Yeah. So I just got the signal that we're right, we're out of time, unfortunately. But Already? This is, yeah, I know. It flies. <laughs> it's so sign up for an, I know, right? Well, that's the worst part about this kind of thing. The deeper you go, the more you realize that there's so much deeper left to go. Yeah. So after this, I'm definitely going to be thinking, I'm going to be, you know, walking home and I'm going to be thinking of what it would mean to say that all this, you know, we're in the park on the city street. What would it to be? What would, what would it be for me to kind of think about how these kind of how this world around me has a kind of aesthetic experience, how it has a kind of capacity. So I'm really grateful for you kind of scratching that itch. Yeah, I wish we could keep scratching, but I'm glad that we're we're there. There is somebody. um uh, from the '60s, I think, in, called uh, taught at UC, one of mm -hmm. the UC colleges, 
I mean, I think UCSD okay. about the experience of walking through the city, but I'm blanking on Very his name cool. right now. So okay, I'll tell Dina. Please do. I want. All right. I want nice that. to yes. meet you. So nice to meet you. And Nicholas. thank you again. Yes.